Welcome to Think Fit Be Fit. This is a podcast for experienced exercisers that want more out of their exercise, more connection, more meaning, and of course, results. Think Fit Be Fit is all about not just doing fitness, but being fit. Think Fit Be Fit believes that the fitness industry has been very misleading, and in order to stay in the gym and move as well and for as long as possible, it is necessary to deconstruct the culture of fitness and build up a sustainable approach with applicable and functional anatomy, physiology, and exercise science. This is your hostess, your girl. Jennifer Schwartz. I am a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and overall injury prevention expert. I've spent nine years helping athletes, former athletes, and people who just want more out of their exercise. Resolve old injury, prevent injury, and overcome all sorts of issues that come with chronic pain, muscle tightness, and imbalances. This podcast covers a spectrum of topics that are related to the results and the processes that I've helped facilitate in those clients over nine years. And it's a spectrum of topics related to answering this question. How can we continually improve ourselves with an effective fitness approach? The answer is a set of thinking skills from the intersection of exercise mechanics, anatomy, physiology, and embracing curiosity. The human body is a wonderful teacher if you know how to listen to it. Being open and having fun is part of that process. Today is a major turn towards curiosity (laughs) that has a surprising impact on the science of the interconnectedness of our body. Today, we will be reviewing the four things holding you back from a full injury recovery. This is a freebie on uh, the show notes and on my website that helps introduce people to to the complexity of their chronic injury situation. So I thought I would share that and then my own really special story about the main thing that had been holding me back for a long time, which is essentially getting out of my own way, the ego, and healing the wounds that were disrupting my behavior and keeping a personal, multiple personal blind spots from from me achieving my goals and feeling self-love and feeling fit from the inside out. The freebie, it's actually like a guide or a white paper and it is packed with Stanford medicine professors and research on how the brain is changed with pain, how chronic p- 
pain changes multiple structures in our brain and even correlations of morbidity with disease statistics. But I must address the fact that I opened myself up to some woo-woo to even understand what the heck is going on with the interconnectedness of our thoughts, our mind, and how our body performs in exercise. The science is definitely in there, in the guide. But I'm here as a leader, and I'm committed to changing people's lives and exercise with educational concepts and not just following Instagram models with butt implants. I can't say this without more confidence and positive energy. My fitness status as a 37-year-old woman is a direct result from nurturing my soul. Each layer that I shed has revealed a new spark in my progress. Most importantly, I empower my exercise with self-love. This really started with understanding the intersection of how I was a younger, early 20s, former athlete that was having issues with self-identity, post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, um, and the overwhelming grief of losing my mother, my grandmothers, and multiple connections within my family. So what I'm saying is that desire to heal from that led me towards the fitness industry and creating somewhat of a codependent relationship with fitness in a way that anxiety and depression can be very accommodated by exercise and all the hormones and feel-good endorphins that it produces. Um, And I'm very grateful that I didn't take a turn for other parts of depression. And so with that said, I'm going to get into the more the action steps I took that got me to this place and more importantly part of the journey that allowed me to see the beauty and the science of the placebo effect the interconnectedness of our body and how our mind really does rule when it comes to matters of the physical body so this really started with the reverse engineering modeling that I learned as a muscle activation techniques student and practitioner. And I also took a lot from the biological functional anatomy knowledge that I was exposed to in the resistance training specialist program. I call this the structure versus function um, paradigm. And The amount of mirroring that my career ambitions and personal story have are pretty incredible. So like I was trying to paint, illustrate for you guys before, the healing process and the soul manifestation and nurturing coincided with all these things I was learning. So the nine years that it took me to get here and be the teacher and the leader and the coach that I am is a result of all of these things and how I rolled out my ambitions. Um, 
I feel that this is the gift of being an entrepreneur as well, magical ideas into reality. So when implementing a performance therapy methodology within a multiple team environment, I found that that the 80-20 principle of exercise efficiency and effectiveness is the king concept for implementing specific exercises across a very diverse and large group of people. When facilitating the healing process of muscle imbalances and chronic injury with muscle activation techniques, I found that layers and layers of muscle imbalances and movement patterns that were deleterious and issues with tissue and how it is used by the brain and how the brain orchestrates the motions showed me that so much of what we were doing is happening below the surface. These neural connections and these networks are calculating so many things at just small tenths and even smaller amounts per second. How that is all done below the surface and how much our conscious mind doesn't matter um, in the scheme of things in like the big picture of like a hundred percent of your motion um, if we were able to measure how much of that is a result of your conscious directive versus what's going on underneath the surface most people would be so surprised by how the calculations are more about survival and protection and um, being efficient than it is what the conscious mind wants. When attempting to solve the problems, so later on in my career versus the last like three years, when attempting to solve the problems that my clients continually run into, how they have a hard time exercising even though their muscle imbalances and chronic injuries are starting to go away and become integrated into their movement. They're seeing the problems that they were still running into with exercise and it not being specific enough and not having effective thinking tools for their exercise. This podcast was born. So this journey, the mirroring of my professional and my spiritual and personal is all comes down to this reverse engineering, which means seeing the solutions as a purpose level meets purpose level driven solution meets structural and the capacities and the capabilities of that person's unique situation and being and structure and then to find the athletes and clients give them that solution in the whole entire way of reverse engineering and teaching these concepts the opposing method would be working towards working forwards not towards working forwards off of elemental beliefs. 
like the example of relying on others' experience and information, following structured workout plans or injury prevention advice, only to find them to be diluted and shallow. And most importantly, this is the thing that blows my mind, how the structured workout plans and diluted injury advice waste people's time. There is so much opportunity to improve your body and mind and spirit and health with exercise. And when I see people wasting energy and time on diluted information, it actually breaks my heart. And that is a mission of mine. And I'm going to let you into the reason why and how it's connected to this soul nurturing that I've been through. And that is in two, in 1999 to 2002, my mother had Lou Gehrig's disease. It eventually was the cause of her death. Um, it essentially shuts down your muscle system while keeping your brain and your cognitive functions very alive and not so you're just a melting away in your body and you cannot move. It kills you when it gets to the lung muscles or the, and you choke to death essentially. So um, when you see someone lose function like that and then you find something that is so innate to improving the neuromuscular system, the muscles, the nerves, the how quickly it all gets orchestrated and works together. When you can optimize that system and you see people losing out on the opportunity to do so, that's the heartbreak. I'm in that circle every day it's like this cycle of joy and heartbreak and trauma over and over and over again so when i say that my fitness status and being able to help people is a direct correlation to how much work i've done on the inside and my wounds and my trauma that's what i mean the courage to be able to face the trauma and the rehashing of it and seeing people waste their time is <laughs> that's my life and that is how um that is the lens which how i am helping people so when you hear me giving advice it's only out of that directive to be able to show you that you should not be wasting another second on crappy exercise. It's not worth it. Not when you know the benefits. Not when you can engage with them and integrate them. It's miraculous and it's amazing and spiritual and sacred. So the reverse engineering and the journey that I've been on now is movement pathways and the think fit be fit platform to help you honor that and see that so without further to do let's get to the four things that are holding you back 
from a full injury recovery. First and foremost, let's nip some low-hanging fruit. Injury recovery is different from injury rehabilitation. And the way that people define this in self-identify with um, is pretty important because if people are stuck into their injury rehabilitation, even though the doctor has cleared them and given them uh, full permission to exercise or run or compete, and they're still having issues, um, believing that there is something wrong and that you have to fix it in order to move on is a slippery slope. So um, being your own advocate and helping and understanding the definitions and the stages of your tissue injury or your injury rehabilitation, the beginning, the middle, and the end, is um, it comes from education and functional anatomy and physiology. That is one of the missions of this podcast. So if, um, if you are stuck, think about it and go um, and definitely get this guide uh, that I'm referring to, the four things that will, are holding you back in an injury rec- from a full injury recovery. Um, and you'll see if you're stuck in the gap between full recovery and being confident and fluid with your exercise and being able to integrate this information and being of medical importance, meaning the doctor actually can do something about your tissue. And then there's like all this gray area in between. And I go over that in depth in the um, presentation of movement pathways. So the lecture portion, um, the link will be in the show notes. Having that, so low-hanging fruit. That's what that is. It's a um, self-limiting belief that you can potentially, if it this even qualifies for you, um, can really help you get out of this cycle. Today, we'll, right at this moment, we're going to start reviewing these four things holding you back from a full injury recovery. First, ask yourself, does that low-hanging fruit qualify? Are you actually in an injury recovery phase, which is an open-ended process of betterment and intuitive development and advocating for yourself and learning about your movement and your exercise, potentially getting a professional to help you? Or are you stuck in this cycle of reoccurring injury and bad exercise and you know that the doctor has cleared you and you're not interested in exploring further shots or surgeries or uh, another round of physical therapy? So if you're of that mindset, um, pay attention. So because it is possible to change this cycle with scientific information on how to break out of the constraints of what society tells us about our bodies and how ageist they can be about telling us to just deal with it and get a hip replacement in 10 years, Um, how the chronic injury is holding you back. This all starts with using psychology concepts, 
define our experiences with uh, an open mind and then expand your knowledge about exercise science, anatomy, and physiology. So the first one is not understanding the stress adaptation curve. Essentially, how your tissue and brain respond to stress or stimulus. And then moving towards or transitioning towards what's in your control. Taking feedback from the body. um, Having a personal wellness practice. Not like a business, but a practice that you have. Meditation, uh, tracking your sleep, listening to this podcast, implementing all the things in my course, Movement Pathways, um, and exercising. And then, this is the big one that I was talking about before, owning your issues and self-doubt. So the stress adaptation curve is a basic concept in in physiology where we um, have how our body responds to stress or stimulus. And so um, the thing is that chronic pain and poorly functioning muscles can age you faster. And that is something we can prevent by following uh, the concepts and of movement pathways and effective exercise. So, you know, moving away from a generic advice like just stretching or pulling back on your exercise and getting more detailed, like understanding that a B12 deficiency, a magnesium deficiency can harm your tendons, can make you more exposed to ligament damage. So the adaptation curve has to do with your internal stress load and how capable your body is of overcoming that. So um, that is a pretty big chapter of anatomy and physiology and doctors general practitioners of medicine don't even completely understand this concept right so it's a big one and it's highly individual so it's well worth learning and being accountable to your body and what it is capable of um For example, I often recommend clients get a micronutrient blood test when we see consistent pain and tendon issues keep popping up, especially if it happens after exercise, meaning like three or four to eight hours after they exercise, their pain comes back. That tells me their body isn't recovering. So I talk about that in depth in the active recovery, um, multiple episodes on that. Um... So show notes to that and all the supporting information for that um, is what's going to get you moving in the right direction. Not necessarily me um, expanding on this right now in the podcast format. So not accounting for the stress and adaptation curve. That's number one. (sighs) Sorry, getting excited. Okay, the second one is not believing in the placebo effect. Ooh, although this seems counterintuitive at first, not believing in the placebo effect can in fact hold you back. 
(laughs) Even if something isn't true, when you tell yourself it is, your brain chemistry believes you. So data, hard data, you don't need it. But you do need to collect feedback from your body so you have a collection of data. That's um, where you can... Uh, make correlations to how you're feeling and what you're doing and how you're performing and your habits and the, the stimulus or the input that you're putting into your body. So you'll need to level up in this category if like you're constantly looking for a reason, your exercise doesn't yield the intended results. Um, you'll need to spend some more time in this area if you're you got a, a, a habit of pay att- paying attention to, um, what's the right word? Black or white uh, logic. So um, when, like, so if you see something, a headline that says all suppl- all multivitamins do not correlate to improved health. If you tend to gravitate towards that and respect that that's a sign that you need to level up your mindset and pay attention to what the placebo effect can bring you and believing in your body so people that don't understand the healing capacity of the body they need to spend some time in this zone of improvement and i have some really great supporting videos from Stanford Medical, uh, a Stanford Medicine department that is almost entirely dedicated to explaining the placebo effect. And believe me, the pain management industry doesn't want you to know about their findings. And that doctor that is on the YouTube link that I provided is Sean Mackey. He's the and what is he? I don't have my notes here. Anyways, there is all kinds of evidence, um, but how does the placebo effect play into pain and exercise? Well, the placebo effect is the reason we can exercise with an injured tendon, arthritis, or tears in our hips or shoulders and experience zero pain. You see, both pain and the placebo effect are created within the brain. And according to medical imaging studies, they create brain activity within the same regions. Therefore, not understanding it is a crucial mistake. And you can make this mistake while recovering from injury since your brain can either work against you or for you. I find that totally fascinating and super cool. So um, anyways, the brain's role in pain is part of the newest research in chronic pain. It's called pain science. Pain stimulates structural changes in the brain, to the brain, and the brain also creates pain. So it's this relationship that is um, bigger than the sum of its parts. And because previously pain was thought to be the result of chemicals produced at the site of injury, but now we know that it's more of a network of responses that are influenced by many things including memory and fear. The idea of pain as an alarm system annoyingly makes sense. Wow, 
I could talk about this one for a whole entire episode. Um, I'm moving on. (laughs) The next one is not incorporating the muscle, mind, brain, and body connection. This is a wonderful con- like subject that I thoroughly enjoy studying. I've taken multiple classes from a wonderful teacher called Jacques Newell Taylor uh, out of Florida. He's, um, he is teaching neurophysiology concepts for fitness professionals. It's much needed. And it's, um, it it explains that I can facilitate instantaneous changes in less than like a minute and have, um, people have pain on the table one minute and then four minutes later or two minutes later, the pain is absolutely gone. I didn't, I did not inject them with anything. I did not rub them. I just like help their brain better connect to the muscle. And it, the, the, the connection and not incorporating that is so wrong. It's just flat out wrong. And I'm pretty sure most, um, conventional medicine models and traditional uh, conservative methods of therapy do not incorporate this. So um, it's a big one, a lack of respect for these seemingly magical but innate human intelligence capabilities can hurt the process of injury recovery, period. That's what you need to know. And I have multiple... um, sources for you to learn more about this. And it's a big part of the movement pathways course. So if you're, uh, curious and your ears have perked and you're interested, this is definitely the class for you. So the fourth thing is a lack of tailored strength training. Wow. The final problem that almost everyone misses, even physical therapists, a lack of tailored strength training is um has the potential to increase your mobility your um flexibility your posture um in other words my clients and i do not as well i don't need posture exercises i don't need to go to yoga um because all my strength training is tailored to help my body function better, not just look better or do stupid Instagram squats that look like I have butt implants back to that. Um, it's just not, uh, it's not needed if you do strength training the right way. So for years, cardio exercise and the Nike, just do it rhetoric have been the gold standard for exercise that improves health. So until recently, exercise science has neglected to fully explore the benefits of other exercise activities, especially strength training. So the science is new, it's emerging, and it is the longevity pill. There's no medicine that can revive you like exercise. I'm wondering if you can hear the city behind me, (laughs) and there's lots of sirens. There are 
multiple cases and case studies that indicate how effective exercise is as a non-medical solution for joint discomfort and pain. It's overwhelming to me to think that such a simple concept is missed by the majority of people attempting to manage their musculoskeletal condition, which is, by the way, the number one reason people go to the doctor for back pain, arthritis, and management and sorts. Um, It is essentially a limiting belief that strength training isn't for you and that if you have the visual of steroid pumped men heaving on machines you and think that is what I'm talking about you are missing out big time you need to find a muscle activation technique specialist a resistance training specialist educated trainer and learn and feel and you, your body will feel younger <laughs> if you implement the type of exercise and strength training that I'm talking about. And again, this gets back to all of my love and respect and the cycle of healing that I went through. So I really hope that you can take advantage of my leadership and knowledge in this realm. So here we are. It's the end of this wonderful podcast episode, and I feel so light and clear on being able to share that with you guys. If you have any questions, my DMs are open to you on Instagram. I have a pretty active page where I share movement pathways and how this type of thinking, effective thinking for being fit, not just doing fitness, but being fit, fully feeling it, um, all kinds of tips and information on how to do that. I look forward to hearing from you and thanks in advance for all the uh, five-star reviews and we're up to 15 now, which is amazing. So I'm blessed and I'm so happy to share this with you. Have a wonderful week.